All right. Hello and welcome to the Conjecturing Horrorish Podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hey, guys. And I'm your host, Rob. How's everybody doing tonight? Wonderful. Great, Rob. But you? Doing good, doing good. You know, we were talking uh, as we were setting up here a little bit, and this Laura confessed that this is the first pod that we've recorded where she hasn't been drinking already before the pod started. So she's taking her first couple sips right now, I guess. That's right. Wow. So anybody listening, if Laura's a little bit off, you know why. So we can uh, maybe we're gonna. That's my to make- greatest fear. Don't put it in their heads. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, we were we were joking if uh, we'll get maybe a third of the way through and she's gonna have to chug her wine or something like that to get, get back on her game. Yeah. You know, or she's gonna have, you to break. have to pour extra tonight to make up for that to compensate, or you just you have your normal. Well, let's wait for the segment. And I'll tell you what I have. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. that's true. That's true. <laughs> I know. Wow. Uh, not not drinking. She's very aggressive. I can see tell yeah. that. Already. Mm-hmm. I know. She's like shut the f-. she's like shut the fuck up, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm your mama. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's get, let's get, see what's in the cups. All right. What's in the cups? All right, Laura. So what's in your cup? What are you drinking? I've got a 2007 Syrah Empyrean. I even brought the bottle so I can read it. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, I'm just going wine, but I have poured half the bottle in our conjecturing cup. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I'm about to pour the other half in my backup cup. So I'll just be drinking a bottle of wine tonight. You know, I'm a mom. I'm classy. Mm-hmm. We're doing it. Pump the brakes. Uh, you're going to catch up. You're going to catch up real quick to where you normally are at. I think you're good. Half mm-hmm. the bottle fit in that cup. That's impressive. I didn't realize our cup. Uh, I don't know if it's going to fit. Is it going to make it? <laughs> You're good. Oh <laughs> for, my for, god! Nobody, nobody can see this right now, but li- literally, Laura has this like glass cup, and it's filled to the brim. She's she's gonna have to literally go and like suck off the little bit of the top just to be able to not spill it on herself. It looked like one of those flasks you have in, in chemistry lab. What what were you pouring that out of? What was that? Oh, don't ever like suck on wine like that. Nope, <laughs> that's not okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I think we uh, we drank so much wine yesterday that all of my real wine glasses were dirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> Quarantine, right? Am mm-hmm. I right? Yeah, Quarantine life. True. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Greg, what are, you, what are you drinking, Greg? Take a look at this. I mixed myself a giant. I don't know what it's called, but normally you would call it a, a Cape Cod vodka, cranberry, uh, lemon, or lime. But instead of cranberry, I use pomegranate. Nice. Ah, nice. Mm-hmm. Pouring. Man. Yummy. Well, now I want that. I know. I was just about to say, whenever we like get through all this quarantine stuff and we're able to finally get back together, I feel like Greg needs to just be our bartender because he's <laughs> every week he's coming with these like different cool drinks, and I'm just chilling with like my Kirkland waters. Maybe yeah, I'll send was... the service. I'll send it to you guys, and you can. <laughs> you know, Venmo me or something. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, I, I was thinking okay. about doing a themed drink each week with our mm. movie. Ooh, that's a good idea. That's a good yeah. idea. That would mm-hmm. be nice. Maybe that's what I'll send to you guys. I want to get to the point where I could be like, oh, open your front door. And it's just sitting there mixed. All <laughs> that's mixed. horrifying, but I like yeah. it. It's on brand. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I'm just drinking again one of my uh, truly hard seltzers. This one is Wildberry. <laughs> So these are, open it up though. 
these are pretty these are really good these are really good they're they're actually really like refreshing you know it's like like i said it's like i'm drinking you know a great kirkland water but it has a little bit of alcohol in it you know rob have we ever gotten you like real shit-faced i feel like we haven't uh probably not no maybe for fire in the sky we'll, we'll get you just oh. trash oh that's a great idea i'm gonna have to be trash to do that one you know i'm gonna have to be trash for that one that's a really good idea. Get you some waffles. Waffles, some... some syrup. I'll just take shots of syrup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd say that we could all go head to head to head, but uh, there is absolutely no way Rob could keep up drinking with Greg and I. No. Uh, for listeners out there, Greg and I both swear that we can out drink each other. And so one day we attempted it and we drank <laughs> All day wine tasting. We had beers. We had all these high alcohol content ports all day. Very little food. And everyone else stopped or fell behind. And then next thing you know, we both blacked out at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) As as an observer to that, it was very entertaining to watch. It was very entertaining. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I I wish we had the podcast back then. I could have got my mobile recorder and just recorded you guys. That would have been funny. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is pre-children. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Do you guys got any follow-up from previous shows or anything? Uh, Last week, we did Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I don't think we got anything else to talk about. I had 50 people email me and say it was the shittiest movie they ever saw, but they appreciated your positive review of it nonetheless. But (laughs) I don't know where the emails are. I can't track them. I just, I lost them. Oh, man. I think I put them in the spam folder, but they for sure came in and told you that you were ludicrous for giving it whatever, five stars or six stars. (laughs) (laughs) I think I gave it like a one. But you guys were just so low. It seemed extreme. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the only thing I kind of wanted to shout out was some of our, you know, we, we, we our hosting site is Podbean we use. Um, so I'm able to see and view where our listeners and, come from, you know, and I would say, yeah, definitely 95% is the United States, of course. But we do have a small, uh, you know, percentage that comes from all over the world. And so, like, I definitely just want to give a shout out some to our 14 UK listeners and our five Canadian listeners and our one Norwegian listener. <laughs> we yes. got one, one listener in Norway, you know, that's that's just chilling out there, you know. <laughs> so shout shout out, shout out to you guys, uh, you know, supporting the the show and listening and downloading. Um, like we said, you know, horror is subjective and that's definitely universal for around the world. So it's just fun to do. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, so let's uh so let's get to the movie we're gonna be talking about this week. We revealed it last week. We're doing 2013's Mama. I think right now we're what, only we just passed Mother's Day. Is that correct? That's why we're doing this. Um, so this was Laura's choice. Uh, Laura, so why did you choose this movie? Um, because I'm a mom. No, I'm just kidding. That's not why. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. The number one reason I chose this movie was because I felt like it was time to at least attempt to scare the absolute shit out of mom. <laughs> I don't know if I've succeeded. We'll find out. But this mm-hmm. was the one I could think of because Rob has mentioned that he really doesn't like a lot of weird, unnatural movements and people walking on all fours and, you know, joints that are facing the wrong direction. And there's a lot of that in this movie. Yes, there is. Um, mm-hmm. But also because when I, I'd actually only seen this one other time before. Um, and when I saw it, I remember just thinking it was a lot more effective than I expected it to be. I mean, it's not, I don't think it, this is the best movie, but I enjoyed it none, 
nonetheless. And I thought the acting was pretty solid, especially um, Jessica Chastain as Annabelle and the two young girls. I thought their acting was really good. And um, yeah, another thing I liked about it was just the fact that it didn't give you a lot of the story up front. Um, it was something that I didn't figure out right away. So yeah. Did you watch it just the one time when they first released it or? Yes. Yeah, I watched it. I didn't watch it in theaters. I watched it probably a few years after it came out, honestly. Um, yeah, and I'd never even heard about it and watched it. So I really had no expectations going in and I enjoyed it. Hmm. Yeah, so before we actually get into the movie, uh, let's get into our horrorish segment of the week. This week, I know Greg has Greg has said he's researched all uh, uh, Jamie Lannister, whatever whatever his real name is. I can't pronounce it. Uh, it's Nikolaj... It's just called Nikolaj. <laughs> he researched every movie he's ever been in, but uh, I have to say that I'm sorry, but we got a we got a question this week. We got a question this week, Greg. Sorry, one question. question. Yeah, one question. One question. You know. All right, I can tell you what what movie he was into <laughs> his entire career. So. I'm ready yeah. for that. Uh, okay, so so for the, for the question, like we talked about, this is this is our our post Mother's Day episode. So you know, we all love our mothers; they're great. They raised us, they showed us the ways of the world, and generally, who we you know helped us uh, shape who we ultimately became. I'm scared where this is going. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So, so I figured, you know, what better time to explore some of our favorite terrible horror mothers? Um, so, so the the question I came up with is titled "Not My Mama." So, I'm going to give you a choice uh, of three mamas from from horror movies, and you have to choose which one of the three you would want to raise, and you know, kind of questionably love you. Um, so the three I came up with that you have to choose from first one is Margaret White, which is Carrie's mom from Carrie. Oh. And she was very abusive. Horrible. Um, she's definitely, um, put Carrie through a lot. So she was not very supportive of her. I don't think so. <laughs> so you got Margaret White from Carrie as your mom or next you got, uh, Miss Loomis from Scream 2. Debbie Salt. Oh, man. I know Laura's going to have a good time deciding oh, this, this one right great. here. I think, Greg, Greg, you know who that one is, Greg? She's that, uh, oh, my God, she's on a TV show. I don't. I forgot what TV show it is. Roseanne. Yeah, she's the girl. She's the neighbor from Roseanne. She's terrible. Aunt Jackie. In that movie. So we have two horrible options so far. And then the third one, your last choice would definitely be Mommy uh, Roberson from People Under the Stairs, <laughs> which we've already talked about how oh my great God, of a bro. great of a mother she was for everybody. This is so this is the easiest question you've ever this asked. This is me. easy question? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I know who I would probably pick. Yeah, let's start with Greg cuz uh, you know Laura is way too quick on the gun there. So Greg, which uh, which mama do you want to choose to be your mother and, and nurture you and and guide you into who you're going to be? Uh nurture and guidance is a is a great quality in a, in a, a mother, you know, a stereotypical mother. I feel like a, a mom should provide, not should, but it stereotypically provides, you know, emotional balance, care, nurturing, and attention. So when I look at all three of these, these are all three horrible horror movie mothers. But if I were to just pick one, I would say the mom from Scream. She was the mother of, uh, who's the killer? Mom, Zilla. Zilla. 
She was crazy. I would say the one thing that I remember about her was that she was definitely very defensive of her son. She maybe loved him in a really crazy way, even though she was murderous herself. But And I don't know if I can say the same for the other two, like the mommy from People Under the Stairs. She was just insane. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Carrie's mom, she was also very crazy. She was very like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she really carried with guilt and... and um, just very extreme uh, religious conservative views. And I thought that was like, she made her feel terrible. Growing up in that household, I think you'd be very dysfunctional growing up. So I'm going to say uh, the, the, the late lady from Roseanne. <laughs> lady from, <laughs> lady from Roseanne. Roseanne. She's going to be my mom out of, <laughs> out of those three. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, all right, Laura, is your, is that your choice too, Laura? Yeah. I, to me, that is absolutely the most obvious answer. I mean, the mom and Carrie, like everything Greg said, just so abusive, verbally abusive, super religious to the point of just squashing uh, Carrie's development in every way possible. And then at the end, you know, just tries to kill her, just tries to stab and murder her own daughter. So, and then people under the stairs, mommy, not only was she verbally abusive, she was physically abusive, clearly did not care about any of these kids. Um, they were all fucking crazy. We think daddy was raping Alice already. So <laughs> uh, no, no one wants that. Um, so I'm going to pick Mrs. Loomis. And I'll tell you why. Because she was a terrible mom. She abandoned Haley. In the first scream, they make it clear that Zelia's motives for killing Sidney Prescott are that uh, Sidney's mom and Zelia's dad had an affair, and so Mrs. Loomis left. Now, abandonment, not great, not great quality for a mom. But then she somehow comes back in the second movie, and now she loves her son so much, despite abandoning him, that she's willing to go on a murder spree to seek revenge for her son's death. So, you know what? I'd rather be abandoned than abused. And at least we can say that Mrs. Loomis is very loyal to him in her own way, willing to kill. So Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I feel like this movie that we're about to review may make contest wanting to be, yeah, abandoned or being abused. That's a a tough call. Well, this is, these are my three options. Yeah. Yes. I'm I'm going with Mm -hmm. the, the only mother who, never laid a finger on her child mm-hmm. um she did abandon him but then clearly in her very messed up way loved him so much it drove her to do these insane things so mm-hmm. i think for me i gotta be contrarian to you two like normal i usually am going the opposite way as you guys um and i gotta go mommy robertson from people under the stairs you know <laughs> you would. I, I, I like baths. So like, I like taking baths. That's cool. Uh, I don't need to buy clothes anymore. She's sewing me clothes. I get to play in the walls and the attic and stuff. And, you know, that sounds like fun. You know, I'll just kind of avoid dominatrix daddy as all I can, you know, maybe I'll get a little, he'll get me a little dominatrix outfit and we could be like, you know, twins or something like that. You know, that'd be not Do you too love bad, I guess. pools of blood on the daily in your own home yeah i mean it's you know you got to do what you got to do it's not it's not that bad i get to have a dog we have a pet that's cool she know? would turn on your ass so fast you would say one sarcastic thing and you'd be dead i know i'd, I'd probably would end up being roach in the walls you would be <laughs> roach you would have your cut your oh, whoa your tongue cut out <laughs> i'm drinking wine real fast guys I know. you're already caught up she, laura's back everybody laura's back already you know yeah it only took like 15 minutes she's here mm-hmm. <laughs>
Oh man! All right, good choices, guy. Good choices. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted to put Miss Loomis in there just because I know Laura loves those movies, and I know like she would have a really good reason why. So, so that's cool. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why I put her in there more or less. You know, you're welcome, Laura. Good job. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Thank thanks. you. Yeah. So, yeah. so no trivia on Nikolai's Cluster Waldo, nothing like that. Okay. Just- <laughs> As a no, do you know? Okay, I check it. <laughs> no, do, do you, the only question I'd have is, do you know what uh, his sister's name is in Game of Thrones? That's the only question. Oh yeah, Cersei for sure. Oh wow, Greg, it's Greg won. Greg I won. won the game. I won. I won the game that we that we oh, were great. play. Wait, what just happened? Was this a, a real game? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> So it's one of those pity games that Greg uh, wins every once in a while that makes him feel a little better. For I'm trying week. to predict a game every episode just so that I'm prepared because I know the first time that I don't, you're going to hit us with the game where I should have studied. Well, it's mm-hmm. so funny because Rob's going to do a question the next 20 times just to <laughs> fuck you, mm-hmm. fuck with you. This is why you slow sip all day because now I'm just being silly. This is crazy. Uh, yeah, so definitely, you know, th- th- this this question should make you uh, thankful for your own mothers out there that you don't have one of these mothers. So if you didn't call your mom or whoever your parent is, you know, whether, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you, you have, whatever you consider to be your parental figure, whoever you love in that aspect, you know, reach out to them, give them a call, you know, be like, oh, sorry, I missed it. You know, you're not as bad as, uh, you know, Mommy Robinson or whatever. <laughs> perspective Aww. yeah thanks for being who you are yeah so that's it for the question of the week right now so let's uh it's time to leap off the cliff and get into the movie this week so we jump off that cliff too soon rob uh, <laughs> too soon <laughs> So yeah, like we said, we're doing a uh, Mama this week, 2013. This was PG 13 movie. That's insane, isn't yeah. it? It is. I, I literally put R in the docket until I like actually started going through the the the, the information. I wouldn't let my kid watch it till he was like thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's PG thirty. Uh-huh. Such horrifying aspects to it. That's crazy. Yeah. But but I guess I mean very little gore, mm-hmm. uh, violence. Yes, but. Yeah, that's yeah, tough. It's yeah, it must have been borderline. That's crazy. No, my, my guess is this is I again I don't I haven't done any research on this, but I think that the ratings are, are based on very explicit criteria. It's probably to do with like amount of blood, violence, and language and sexual content, right? But that doesn't mean that a movie that has ghosts that move weird and creep you out, that doesn't qualify. Um so it's probably not it doesn't match that. It's more of an artistic uh like like a stylistic thing that movies can do to get around that rating. But yeah, man, if I were to give this a rating, this is not a PG thirteen movie. No. This to me would be an R easily. Easily. Yeah. I, I thought that was crazy. Yeah. Um so the runtime is a hundred minutes. So pretty standard runtime for a movie. Uh this is written and directed by Andy I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Muschetti? Muschetti, yeah, he's Argentine. Yeah, Yeah, he's the guy that just did the It movies. Yes. Part one and two. He directed the It movies? Yeah, yeah, the the ones that just came out, the ones that are, you know, I haven't seen them, but, you know, I heard they're really good. This was his directorial debut. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, And this was definitely... You know, Guillermo del Toro's name is all over this movie. I know. He's so proud. His name his, his, his name is before the director. It's like, you know, Guillermo del Toro presents Mama. Yeah. You know, it's it's everywhere. You know, On so every he, movie like, poster, like mm-hmm. in big writing. When you open up the DVD case, it's like one of those like sound cards, like greeting cards where you open up and it goes presented by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. 
we'll get into it a little bit later why that made me a little bit disappointed but we'll get into it a little bit later um, uh, well yeah i think we know where this is going but yeah um this movie's like most of our other movies budget 15 million dollars you know i feel like almost every movie we do is between like 12 and 15 million dollars you know unless it was like really i think yeah even even killer clowns i think was like 11 or something like that right i don't even want to why are you referencing? <laughs> I know, nor do I care. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just just wait till we get later on, you guys. I have some killer clown information to talk oh, about. I'll bring God. up. So. Oh man. Sorry, guys. You know how I work. Um. So this uh, <laughs> Greg needs to take a drink from his little sifter over there. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh. This the box office for this movie was seventy one million U S. Made one hundred and forty six worldwide. So that's really good money. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it made really good money. Um, and like we talked about, you know, like like Greg said, uh, the the guy in this movie, Nikolai Coster Waldo. Waldo. Waldo, yeah. He's the, you know, the main guy in this movie, he plays twins, which I was like, holy shit, twins. I haven't seen twins in a movie in a while. It's been a long time since I saw a twin twist, you know? <laughs> um, and then you got can Jessica. I, <laughs> can I tell you? My my husband was a little high when we watched this movie. And he was like, these actors look so much alike. That's crazy. And I was like, you're such a idiot. I mean, we literally watched Game of Thrones religiously. So, yeah, I just thought that was really funny. Wow. He that is hilarious. Like, you're, you're dumb. <laughs> it, was, it was actually adorable, too, though. That's mm-hmm. funny. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, we got a uh, Jessica Chastain in this. She's pretty much the main ca- the main character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you pretty much got the the little girls uh, and who were really good. Yeah, really good actresses. Really good. I thought the little one, as much as she like didn't talk, I thought was like so good with just her facial expressions and yeah. stuff like that. So a uh, shout out to Megan uh, Carpenter as Victoria and Isabel Nestle as Lily. Really, really good acting for both these little kids. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I always give kids more props in acting than I do grownups because it's of just of course, like, yeah. Can you imagine being that age and trying to to take on that script and being like, I don't know what I'm doing. And they, they killed it. Yeah. 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 She's like, just just sit here and eat a moth, you know, and just sit yeah. here and eat it. And she Incredible. did it. She, she devoured it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I really don't have any like interesting facts for this. Oh, I do. Oh, okay. I, I under interesting facts, I literally put Laura with a question mark. So Laura, what do you what do you I got? I got you. Um, so something that is really cool about this movie. I just caught my um there. See, you cut that. <laughs> now now I'm not gonna cut it. <laughs> Um, so Muschietti, he actually had a three minute short film that this movie is based off of called Mama. And it kind of circled in like the, you know, festivals. And that's where Del Toro saw it. And he said in interviews, and I quote, he said, this is the scariest, um, one of the scariest little scenes he had ever seen. So I thought that was really cool. So it was actually his idea um, to make this into like a a feature film. And that's what made Muschietti turn it into a feature film. So, you know, within that three minute short, there obviously was no backstory of how mama came to be and Mm -hmm. how little girls came to be. So they had to kind of think of that story to make this into a feature film. So I thought that was really cool. And then I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the the man who plays Mama, Javier Bote, I'm not sure how to say his name. Okay, yeah. Javier. Mm-hmm. There's a man that played. I first of all, I mm-hmm. thought it was incredible that this man played Mama, but then I looked into him, and he actually is the same person who plays Crooked Man oh. and Slender Man in some mm-hmm. movies that portray mm-hmm. Slender Man, and in the movie, the It movies. 
he's the leper. Oh, wow. Dang, that's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he he does all of that just weird, literally twisted shit. Just twisted. <laughs> Twisting his body ball. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could have sworn that, the, 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 that Mama was played by the same actress that did the, the nun from the, the Conjuring series. She looked similar to her, to me. You mean when she becomes, like, better looking? or Corporeal. Yeah, like, like a human a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah but as far as the yeah with that short like uh shout out to my brother he showed me that that short movie before this movie came out you know oh really like circulated on the festivals and he had showed it to me on his cell phone and i thought the same thing like i i couldn't absorb it like this was absolutely terrifying anybody who uh, wants to see it just go on youtube and just type like mama short you know whatever it's based on and you can kind of get a sense of it beautiful it's like about a minute long it's really good and scary yeah. Dang, that's cool. That's cool. Man, I'm I'm glad I didn't watch it. I would have been really scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, so do you want to get a synopsis, Laura, and get into the movie now? Yes, yes. So the movie begins and we learn of a a father who was a stockbroker and lost all of his fortune. And uh unfortunately he ended up murdering not only his coworkers and his wife, but then he attempts to uh, murder his two young daughters. He takes them into you know the woods to an abandoned cabin and attempts to kill them and and then commit suicide. But he is intercepted by some mysterious creature who ends up to be a very evil entity. But I mean, who actually ends up raising these young girls for five years of their lives. And five years later, the girls are found because the father's twin brother has had search parties kind of looking for them for these past five years. Um, And so the uncle, the twin brother, and his girlfriend attempt to raise these two young girls. um, But unfortunately, that evil entity has followed them into suburbia. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah, good job, Laura. Good job. Uh, Did you guys notice, uh, just to get into it right away, uh, the license plate of the guy's car when he was going? Did you notice it, Greg? Number one dad or whatever? Number one, yeah, number one dad, yeah. No, it didn't. It did say that. No, it didn't. Mm-hmm. When they're on oh, the highway cool. going to, he's taking his girls to the forest because he had just killed his wife, and he mm-hmm. know what he's doing, and, he, and he's panicking. You see the car, and yeah, using my license plate and one dad. Yeah, ever since Jeepers Creepers, I always look at every license plate that's on a movie <laughs> oh now God. and try to see like if it says something. Now, yeah, yeah, I just something I thought was like a little, <laughs> I don't know, if funny is the right word, but you know, pretty crazy, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, for for I mean, I'll get into it a little bit with this movie. I mean. For not, I'm the only person, of course, here that hasn't seen this movie before. Laura and Greg have seen this, so um, I, I've really liked the opening of this movie. It opened really well. Like right away, you're you're dropped into you know something that's catastrophic that has happened, you know, and just like right off the bat, you're like, holy shit! Like some movies, you know, you have a slow setup or something that's happening. This is like you're in the thick of it right away, um, you know, and everything with the dad and what he's going through, and just those scenes are so heart wrenching to know, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I mean, us us three on this pod, we're all parents and thinking that you know you could do something like that and what you would have to, geez, stomach to get out of it and it, it's crazy um yeah and then of course like she said you know the the mama creature pretty much saves the girls and then you're kind of off from there but uh i, I really wanted to talk about the opening credits yeah and the, the drawings from the kids that go over the five years 
So cool. Mm, yeah. Greg looks very confused right now. You were saying the credits, but you're, what you mean is like the, the back. The opening. While the credits the opening are credits. rolling, you're seeing imagery behind yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's pretty much documenting the five years. It's documenting yeah. the five years that these girls have been taken care of by a spirit. And, you know, it's just like really looking at them and what they're doing in these images, which you have to take as fact. I mean, just such a good opening credit scene. I It's hard for me to remember such... I don't know if I, I mean, I don't know the top of my head, I can remember a better opening credit scene that not only tells you what you want to know, but gives you so much backstory into what's happening and who these girls and this spirit is before you even know what's going on. I, I loved the opening. I loved the opening credits. I thought yeah. it was such a great idea and so well done. So well done. I do like the idea of opening credits serving a purpose. That's so cool. Whereas mm-hmm. like, you, you could just be like uh, gratuitous and just show flashes of scenery and say who made the movie. But like this one actually helped you understand what's been going on in the meantime without wasting time trying to show it to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love how specific they were. I mean, the images show the younger girl like on all fours pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And it shows the older daughter like still walking on her two legs. And, and then in one scene... Um, she draws a picture of herself and there's a teardrop. And then all of a sudden, every uh, drawing after that teardrop, uh, the older sister is then also on four legs, almost like she was like, mm. okay, and gave into it. Oh. Like this, is, oh. you know, because she was older. She was three, I believe, whereas the, the littlest was just barely one. Yeah. So yeah. She's, she had vocabulary. She had a few memories. You know, she was an experienced walker. You know, and, and it, it took her a while to lose those things. And that's also why in the film, she was able to pick them up quicker. Whereas the little girl who was one, I mean, that's that's all she knew. Yeah, all exactly. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and, and like you said, that that really sets up the end of this movie. I'm not going to go to the end right now, but just that yeah. that that original setup of, you know, the, the older daughter kind of, you know, living in the real world, whatever you want to call it, living, you know, with a regular people and family and, you know, having that to look back on and where the younger daughter like literally has nothing. This is all she's right. ever known is these yeah. five years and, and the way she lives. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just, I loved the opening. It was such a good opening of a movie. I really liked it a lot. Good. Let me, can I just kick off what I, I liked about the movie? Um, at least this my, my first take on it was that, yeah, as Laura said, you're uh, you're given some information that, you know, the girls are abandoned in the woods and the, this spirit this apparition takes care of them for several years until some hunters uh, arrive on not hunters rather they're um well they're actually hi- they're hired individuals that are hired by the father's brother essentially the uncle to go look for them he never lost hope he uh has been looking them ever for them ever since the di- disappearance of his brother and his nieces and they find them they 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 bring the two girls back to modern society and they proceed to have them examined by uh, a psychologist and what the psychologist does is is say okay well they're very, they're definitely going to have a difficult time integrating into into real life you know modern life but um you know since you essentially have i guess custody rights over jean and jean was like the great aunt on the on the mom's side uh, there was like a custody battle. What we're going to do is I'm going to set up a home for you to watch the kids and you can live there. And um, but under one condition, 
that I get permission to examine the girls because this is a very special case. Psychologically speaking, it's very unique. It'll give us insight on child brain development, et cetera, et cetera. And um, of course, you know, uh, Lucas, who's that's Nicolaj's character, Lucas, he, he's like an, um, an artist. He's a very like independent, uh, he's an artsy guy. And Annabelle, which is Jessica Chastain's character, she's a bassist for a rock band. She's like this kind of punk chick. She just plays music. She could care less about kids. And you actually, the first time you see her, she's like taking a pregnancy test and it's negative. Mm -hmm. The movie kicks off from here. And then from there, actually, where the end of the end of Laura's synopsis is, is perfect because that's where the, the, the rest of the movie just continues. It, it essentially goes on two tracks. One of the tracks is the girls are essentially in this home of the uncle and Lucas is all up for like raising the girls, his brother's uh, children. And Annabelle is really not into it. You know, she's in a band. She's, is not into like a, a parental commitment, but you know, she feels obligated to help her boyfriend raise these kids. And Hey, look, they're going to be moving into a nice giant mansion as part of the psychological experiment. So why not? So they do that. And the first track is essentially the rest of the movie is watching what's going on in the present moment, as Laura said, the ghost follows the girls somehow from the woods to this home. And the other track is every now and then you glimpse into the past and find out who mama is, where she came from, and what are her motives. So uh, what I really liked about this movie was that it was going on those two tracks. I mean, you get a lot of, a lot of jump scares throughout the movie, right? Oh, because yeah. Mama, the ghost, is present in this house, and the way that they reveal her is is like kind of a slow burn. You you get a little bit here and there. It's it's kind of like paranormal activity in that way, where the ghost just isn't present outright, but there are things that are happening, especially during the day, which is such a cool quality because you expect uh, paranormal activity to happen in the night, but the fact that it happens during the day is is so interesting, um, and it makes that more, much more haunting. And then the second part is you know uh just understanding what are her motives and and why mama is even there so i love the first reveal of of the the girls essentially they're they're feral right so when the the people stumble upon them in the woods they open up the cabin and they find that these girls have been just eating cherries for a long time they don't know that they've been raised by this ghost but they are horrifying they're these little skinny they look like mowgli on crack, they're <laughs> dirty, they're like scurrying everywhere, they're on all fours jumping, you know, everywhere. Um, they're obviously not very violent, but just their appearance and their, their movement was very good. I was super scared by that. Um, and then what happens when they come back and they, they the psychologist tries to reintegrate them into society and bring them into the, the, the home of Lucas and Annabelle, he tries to keep an eye on them and monitor what is going on. And his initial explanation which i thought was very plausible was that in order for the two girls to survive those i think five years in the forest right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh they uh, the the older the eldest daughter uh victoria created the mama persona as a way to as like a guardian like an imaginary guardian like she created mama in order to take care of the two that's how they survived so whenever the two reference mama which is what we know as a viewer it's an actual ghost it's an actual apparition the the professionals think it's just a psychological condition which was interesting because you know exactly what's going on and mm -hmm. they don't so the the whole movie just kind of proceeds along those two tracks finding out what's going on with with mama what what's her backstory how she relates to these two children and then just getting scared at every turn mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's that's my initial take on the movie so <laughs> 
Greg, it's we're we're totally like in sync on this movie because so many things you said are like it. It sounds like you're reading off of my notes right now. Uh, you guys, you guys so are crazy. you guys are like twins. You guys are We're like compatico twins. right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just just to like piggyback off of literally everything you said, I, all the same reasons why I love this movie. I mean, you know, not love, but enjoy this movie. One thing I'm not sure. I think I've mentioned this before. I really enjoy ghost stories. I mean, I wouldn't say it's what scares me the most in horror, but I definitely seem to gravitate towards um a lot of other ghost stories like i love the paranormal activities i think those are great conjuring you know just exorcist things like that Mm -hmm. um ghost spirits i i really enjoy that i enjoy like the old school jump scares which this movie seemed to have a lot of you know over gore let's say um yeah and i and i also loved how this movie was also a little bit artsy you know it had like those sepia toned scenes or Mm. um i don't know like they had the flickering lights and just like also some really beautiful beautifully shot scenes which i really enjoyed that something else was so this ghost right she's she's mostly evil minus the fact that she's been like caring for these children but that's really interesting because even though she's horrifying in her physical appearance or her movements or like the noises she makes she also is weirdly we're like sympathetic for her also yeah Mm -hmm. and so that kind of brings like a really interesting like challenge when you're watching this movie like wait what am i you know who am i rooting for here what's you know what's going on so those are all like things i really enjoyed off the bat um like greg said i really loved how annabelle jessica chastain was having these dreams which were really just transferred memories from mama to her, Hmm. right? I love how it was all from mama's point of view. So you are mama in these dreams and you can see her arms out in front of her and her movements and anything she picks up, you see. So there's actually a a dream sequence, which is a memory and mama uh, kills a nun. So mama, unfortunately, was in a asylum and had a young infant baby who was taken away from her. And so in this dream, you you figure out that she's escaped and she goes up to the nun and you just see an arm come out and with a, ne- a long needle and stabs the nun. And then you see the arms come up with the baby in them. And then you see, you know, her holding the baby running. And then you see all of them plummeting, you know, into the water. So I really loved how that was from her point of view. I thought that was completely brilliant um also like what greg said i love how feral the the young girls were i thought that was like pretty spot on i don't know in real life if two kids that young could have survived five years even with the spirit caring for them or Mm -hmm. even living off of cherries for five years that's literally all they ate i mean they were very malnourished but i don't even know if cherries would do it (laughs) i don't know I mean, of course, some of these things are like, uh, is this realistic? I don't know. But I loved how um, they thought to have the one-year-old who maybe was walking or new to walking be on all fours. And the fact that she like growled and hissed the way mama did was making mm-hmm. those sounds and had no vocabulary. Um, yeah. So those are all things that I just really, really liked. Um and then on the other side of this, the negative, obviously this movie has plot issues. Um, like especially how it all went down. The fact that like the 2008 financial crisis is the reason that this man went from being this loving husband, father, the successful man. Like I understand the, the stress and 
and what kind of toll something like that can take on you. But then all of a sudden be like, I'm going to kill all my colleagues, my wife, and then try to kill my kids before I commit suicide. That really bothered me because I'm like, if he were in that much pain, knowing his backstory and assuming he's never had any kind of like violence before, and he has this fairly normal family and he has this brother, you know, the uncle to the kids who doesn't have any kind of like, uh, you know, mental illness history, wouldn't he have just killed himself? Can, it, Laura, can I comment on that real quick? Yeah. Was, I was so interested in this too. When I saw that, I actually thought it was unbelievable until I, I, I Googled it and I read that this is actually a thing. And I was having a hard time locating what is the reason why males actually kill their families for, for this reason, right? Like first, before they kill themselves. I, I don't get it. Yeah, so this is this is what I've understood it to be, and it, it's this thing called enmeshment, where the men see their family as possessions to control, especially men in high-powered positions. They look at it as like they're either their family is, or they're just like that's the things that, that that belong to them, or that they just don't see the boundary between themselves and their family. So when they want to kill themselves, it's not an issue of okay, well, you know, I'm very depressed. I my whole world is turned upside down. My 401k is gone. My investments are gone. I have nothing to live for. But it's also my family is also me. So if I'm gone, they're gone. There's no there's no thought process of what is their what is best for their well being. It's just that they belong to you. And if you go, they go. And there's also this idea that, you know, they can't bear to leave the pain behind. So if like, if they've killed other people, if they've lost all their money, they don't want their family to live in, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, poor condition where they, they, you know, without him or without money or without a means of, of life. So they rationalize it in their brain is okay, well, they have to die with and it's, it, I, I honestly don't get it, but it, it took me a while to figure, to, to read and research why they do that. Like, I'm with you. It doesn't make sense. Like, okay. It doesn't make sense. A lot of people get very depressed, but I mean, like to think that the things that you love the most, your kids, would be the first things for you to want to, to, to kill. It, it's hard to understand as a parent like us, but then if you read, if you read it, people just their their minds flip and it just it, it it no longer becomes an issue of the well-being of their children in their life it just becomes they are me and if i go they go which is again it's it's, it's interesting that the similarities and the overlap between him and mama right didn't she kind of have a little bit of that in her flashbacks like i don't think so i think i'm just disag- i disagree with you okay yeah okay what do you, what do you think about that so it to me it's pretty clear i mean she was in an asylum and we don't know why we never find out why. And her young baby was taken from her and like was living with the nuns. So, I mean, obviously she was crazy. She was in an asylum. And then the fact that she went and killed a nun to, to get her baby back. Right. But she was running away with the baby. Like she was in love with this baby. And to me, it was that after she fell or jumped, sorry, off the cliff into the water, she didn't realize her baby got stuck on that branch. So mm-hmm. she was just in the woods, confused, like like she's dead. She's a spirit at this point, but she's like, where's my baby? They were going to spend eternity together, right? You didn't think that she was going to, she was trying to kill herself and her baby together? Uh, actually, now that I'm talking about it, maybe you're right. But I think <laughs> it's just the fact that like, you know, she was looking for her baby and and... And that's how she stumbled upon these two girls. That's true too. Yeah. And they were kind of replacement. And then she loved them. I mean, she took care of them. She's obviously a killer and has powers. She could fuck shit up. And she never like hurt them, right? And and was always 
there for, but then yes, you know, not jumping ahead too far, but at the end she wanted them to live with her eternally, which essentially means that they were going to die. So yeah, it is a little bit of a redemption. Like, so I took that in her past, apparently she was the, she escaped from the mental Institute with her child because probably if you're in an asylum, you can't raise a child if you're pregnant. So she took the child away, ran through the woods. She's running away from the people who are trying to get her baby. And she decided like similar to the dad in the sense of, if, you know, if no, if I can't have her, nobody can have her. And she jumped off the, cl- off the cliff. She falls into the water and, and dies to, you know, perilously. But the baby gets stuck on, in, in the, this bag on a branch and the baby, I think, ends up dying there eventually, yeah. but not with yeah. her. So that's when her spirit comes back to go look for the baby. But like, I took that as, you know, so she, she comes back and she's like looking through for her baby in the woods. She finds these two girls. It's a little bit of a redemption. She's trying to, the two girls, uh, Victoria and Lily are sort of replacements. And she actually, look, she spends five years racing them and making sure that they're alive and they survive, which, which is great. But like throughout the story, you find that it's probably coming from a dark, possessive place. The fact that she's very jealous. Like if you were a spirit with a good, kind-hearted nature and spirit, right, you would probably love for a real human to take care of these girls. But instead, she got angry anytime Annabelle uh, showed them any kind of love. So she was actually coming from a vindictive, oh, yeah. possessive um, mentality. So it's, well, it's, yeah. it's a mix I mean, of both. Yeah. Her spirit wasn't there for a good reason. She was there looking for her baby. So I I even read that the fact that she was so confused that she didn't know where her baby was, that's why she came back as the spirit who was very like bent. She was bent out of shape, right? Literally. <laughs> that's how her body looked and she yeah she probably looked all fucked up like that because like she hit the brain yeah, like her emo- she was confused her emotions were everywhere so um yeah, yeah. by the way talking about the about the girls and the way that they walked you guys remember that video i sent you yes with, like running <laughs> i just anybody who has access to youtube right now youtube a video called man runs on all four after he got slapped <laughs> it's this guy who's chilling at the at at, on a sidewalk and his girlfriend like slaps him and and, like walks away and he is after her on all fours it's like the most insane video and i think this is where like it's creepy to me it's probably super creepy to rob and when you watch this movie you realize it's it's just unnerving to watch humans do this motion rob i want to hear how you felt and handled (laughs) <laughs> like the weird movements and all of that, because that's that's my number one reason for picking this movie. So I want to hear like how that was for you. Okay, so I'll give you a story about how I watched this movie. So I watched this movie. So this all started with last night. I watched it, um, but I started editing last week's pod around midnight. And I didn't finish editing the pod. It's still not done, but it's like 4 a.m., you know? Oh so I didn't even, I didn't start watching this movie until like 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God, man. So how, how did you stay awake? That's nuts. Just, you know, caffeine and oh chips. Oh, my God. You know? Um, Greg's chips. <laughs> Greg's chips, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it got to the point where I'm just like, it's, it's so late. I'm like, well, I might as well just start. Might as well just start it now. So it was actually really interesting watching this movie and getting to like the end of the movie and like the sun is starting to come up outside. Yeah. It was really interesting because like, you know, I was, you know, there was definitely jump scares in this movie. But when the sun started coming up, I felt a little at ease. So I wasn't like as scared when I saw the sun. But I have to say, Laura, for trying to scare me, this this didn't get me. This really? Didn't, this didn't get wow. me. The You know what it is? It's CGI. The CGI mama 
it's not as scary as a real person. You know what I huh. mean? It's because it's not. I mean, the well, guy that ghost. She's not a person at all. Yeah. Well, the the guy that plays her, I'm assuming he is a CG actor. That's not him in a suit. That's not him dressed as a woman. I think oh, it's all CG. That's the way. No, I that thought. he's really tall and skinny. Mm-hmm. He his body does look like that. I know, but all the visuals of Mama, it's a CG effect. It looks, it doesn't look real. It looks computer generated. So even when she's like crawling on all fours really quickly? It's definitely eerie to me, but it's not like what I think it should be. Because to me, it it didn't look real. It it looked fake. I'm having a hard time believing this. See, this is a typical, I'm, I'm going to get into this. This is a t- typical argument I have with my husband. I feel like this is a woman man thing here. If you say something to a man ahead of time, like it's going to scare you. They will do everything in their fucking power to make it. So they're like, nah, I wasn't scared. Is, so I should have just not said anything. I have no, this is, friends. this is not that Laura. I think it's not is. that I, I am. Would Greg's be totally agreeing honest. with me. He's laughing. He's shaking his I, head. I would be totally honest with you. I'd be Rob, totally honest extra with you. mental armor watching this movie. Yeah. I think that's maybe what happened. No, I swear. I swear. Let's, let's recap. You mm-hmm. thought the scene talk about fucking bad cgi you thought the scene with um freddy krueger when his arms were accordions you thought that was scary <laughs> that wasn't, wasn't not only it, was that fucking stupid but it wasn't even there wasn't even like a jump yeah was- but it but look 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 you have to look, look at it from my perspective that scene is a practical effect that is not a cgi what? effect that is a practical effect. That that is literally like I'm not saying his arms are really that long, but it's a practical effect. It has it has more dimension to it than a uh, a 3D image or a CGI image. It's a practical effect. Rob, can I can I I'll, let me just in a very brief moment break down my my top like few scenes and then I'll I'll hit you with my number one and you tell me that you weren't scared, right? Oof. There was the moment where they're like playing the, the girls are playing tug of war in the mm-hmm. in the bedroom yeah. and then you you find out that the other girls in the other room actually so it's it's mama that's playing tug of war with with the girl there's that moment where uh where annabelle's in the other room across the other side of the hallway and she hears like a low humming singing coming through the vents yeah when there should be nobody in the house in the house with her girls there's like in the cabin when when mama's ghost is like moaning and creating that that weird haunting sound or you know obviously there's that scene where you know uh, so annabelle starts to raise these kids and actually she starts to care for them and mama gets jealous as a ghost because you know the, the kids are actually becoming affectionate with annabelle so she becomes more aggressive and she becomes more physical in appearance and she appears in the living room and, uh, and and Victoria is like looking at her and, and well, one of the girls is looking at her. The other girl goes, don't look at her. She's upset. Yeah. Oh, head hanging to the side. She's got this weird like, you know, uh, limp to her. And then she just quickly runs from the background to the foreground in like a split second. I mean, tell me that didn't. That was the like the scariest scene for sure. Oh. Man, that got me, and that's what the—that's what the the original sketch, the two-minute sketch, is based on. And that got me. That didn't get you. That didn't move the needle. No, because all the things you're talking. Well, first of all, the first three things you talked about that scared you were no visuals. It was all sounds, so you cannot take that out. The one you're talking about, the visual, she's floating in the air. It's not a real person. It's an effect. It's but how is this? 
not as scary as Mothman prophecies. Well, you don't really see anything in Mothman. Mo- well, Moth- that's what I'm talking about. To me, this whole movie, this is one of the one of the things I disliked about this movie the most was they showed way too much. They showed way too much, way too early. They showed her way too many times. All, like I said, Greg's top three things were all about not seeing her. Like, I agree with Greg. The part where they're doing a tug of war and you can't see Mama, all you see is like that the, the blanket is vertical, so it's high, is creepy. All that stuff creeps me out. But every time they showed her, I was like, yeah, it doesn't look real. It didn't look real to me. All right. So we got to go. We got to go like paranormal next time then to get you. Right. Well, maybe. But like for, for my example, though, would be like. Or the, aliens. Would be like the ring or grudge. Because to me, it's very similar. The ring and grudge. It's like a lady that is creepy. But those are real act- actresses. And they're real people. This, to me, it looked like a CG effect. It didn't look real. I wasn't really scared of it. I agree that the motions were creepy, but yeah, the, the fact... The motions are bad. The motions are creepy. I agree with you. But right away when you see her and you realize it's not like a real person, really, I, I agree there's an actor somewhere behind that, but they're putting so much effect on top of it. It doesn't look real. It takes it away from me. And that was my big thing with this movie was they showed her right away. My, my thing with this movie, I really love the fact the doctor explains that, you know, they think that the oldest daughter has this to make this up to survive and i think they should have played that out and made the viewer guess if that was true or not oh, at, yeah. least, at least two-thirds of the movie until you have that until you have that reveal yeah. because when you have that reveal right away in the first like you know five minutes of the movie then none of that matters and that was my big thing with this movie is like the more they showed and i agree it is creepy imagery with the way she moves but i was more creeped out with the times you don't see her those scenes were way more creepy to me. Like there's this scene where um, where the the gr- two girls are cooking breakfast and Annabelle's in the room and she thinks it's the little daughter and there's the, just a mm-hmm. blanket. Mm-hmm. You don't see her in that scene. You can't see anybody. Yeah. You know? But that scene is fucking creepy. But that's what I'm talking about. Every time they showed her, I wasn't that scared because I just it didn't look real to me. I think I, I kind of agree with you, actually, Rob, but this is where I think when they were making this movie, this, this is how they tried to counter that. So, like, anytime you have a movie with, with ghosts, right, you're you're faced with a difficult challenge. Like, any the more that you see of a ghost, typically, the less scary it is because you, you've seen it for a couple of hours. So, it's like you said, the less you see Any reveal. Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, my thing is when it comes to ghosts it all comes down to like the intent of the ghost what is the why is the ghost here haunting people you know and and once you figure that out then i think you can establish how scary in fact how scared you should be of this ghost is this a ghost that's just screwing around just want to tip over some cups and open some doors is he casper once you establish <laughs> that then, then i could i could care less so this movie i you're right they they revealed mama in the like probably the second scene right in the cabin so you know what mama looks like well you, know? you don't see all of her though yeah yeah you don't see all of her you, you see glimpses of her but uh, no. it's not rob is right that they don't that they show her they reveal the way she looks in and her appearance and her movement like not toward the end which would really scare you but i think the way that they shore that up is by giving you the slow burn of her intent like right out the bat you think she's just a, a kind of a silly ghost who's there to take care of the kids but you don't realize why but by going 
back and uh, tracing her history and understanding, yeah. well, why is she here? You realize like not only is she here to just be here, but she wants to watch over these girls. And then guess what? She also doesn't watch doesn't want anyone else to watch over them. And once you figure that out, you realize that her intent is very malicious. And I thought that that made her scary. Yeah. And actually, I agree. That is a complaint I have with a lot of horror movies when you see it too soon and it takes kind of the fear out of it. Mm-hmm. I think for me though, like pairing jump scares with something that just like looks freaky, whether CGI or not, even if it's so silly, it does get me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I hope, like I said, I'm not lying, Laura. I'm not lying about how scared I was in this movie. I'm being honest with you. I would be honest. Yeah. I hope you understand where I was coming from, how what I yeah. was talking about. Like, it's just, it just visually didn't, you know, it just didn't, didn't do, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't really do it for me. It just didn't hit yeah. me the way it should have. But I really liked the movie, and I really liked the plot, and I liked the story. And and I get you talking about there's some plot holes here and there, but you know, the only thing I kind of didn't like was I didn't like Jessica Chastain's. No, I didn't like her character, but I thought the mu- musician stuff was just stupid. I, I thought yeah. I thought it was gonna mean something, you know. Especially, well, it did though. I mean, I don't know that that part was effective. I still think she's a good actress, and like she did, oh yeah, right? oh yeah. But mm-hmm. I think that it was just showing you that she was so far from someone who wanted to be like a motherly or maternal person, and then you know. As much as like mama wanted to be a mother, she became a mother in her own right by taking in these two girls who were not hers and being so far from, I mean, there are scenes where she's just like, whatever, I don't care. She clearly is just over it. Plus they're not easy, right? And Mm. she like, by the end of the movie, I know we're not there yet, but like she is hanging on with all her might to save Mm -hmm. her children. Yeah, yeah. That you was know, my I, favorite thing about the movie w- w- was Jessica Chastain. Honestly, I thought she had such good acting. I will agree with Robin. I, I thought that the the setup was so stupid. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah like she's like she's this edgy. She has a line. She's in a rock goes, band. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. What musician says, yeah. says that? It, it's kind of silly. Yeah. And I I wish I, they would have had more motivations for her being that being so apathetic toward the kids but aside from that i really felt her shift from like having this like self-interest you know just being like all about me and then shifting to this like you know instinctive nurturing and and caring attitude toward toward the daughters like there there was an easy way that you could have done it by and it would have been so silly by making her like hate the kids like yeah. if the kids were rambunctious and silly and she would be like, oh my God, I hate this. You know, and she she would like abuse them or, or yell at them. But instead of doing that, instead of taking the easy way out, they showed her struggle. It was real. Yeah. So real. It was like, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. My boyfriend, so Lucas, he kind of gets haunted by mama and he falls and he rolls down the stairs and he becomes hospitalized. So while he's hospitalized, she has to watch the kids on her own. She's like, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. I'm like, God, we all know what it's like to, to handle one kid. Can you imagine handling two? And imagine handling two that haven't seen human civilization. They're for feral. Years. Feral children. That's insane. So, like, I actually give her props as, yeah. you know, her character in this movie for being <sighs> as patient as she was, you know. And I, I, I love that I really felt her shift from being like, this is, 
this is not my job to do this to being like, Oh my God, like I, I kind of love these kids and they're really yeah. the victims in this. I'm not the victim. They are. Yeah. And I can, you know, there was that scene where the, the, the youngest kid who was the most feral, right? Oh my gosh, you're taking my favorite scene. Oh no, tell, tell us I, about it. I, I know exactly what you're going to say. This so was good. my favorite scene of the entire movie and it's not even horror related. It's just Annabelle and Lily and Lily had just like woken up. She had like gotten outside, right? Because uh, mama had enticed her out there. And she's, you know, super feral. We've already established that. And so Annabelle tries to hug her because she's just going ape shit crazy. And because Annabelle's not very motherly or maternal, whatever you want to say, she just like grabs her like in a bear hug. There isn't a whole lot of love to it. It's just like stop. I'm just trying to stop you from thrashing around. And Lily is struggling because she's like, not only do I want nothing to do with you, I just want my mama. But, you know, she's never been hugged by a mom. I mean, mama, the ghost can't hug her, right? She never felt that touch. So you see the scene where this woman, adult woman has this young, what is she? Six, six year old girl, just like in this tight, grasp and is just like trying to get her to calm down like just calm down and she's not even saying it with like oh honey it's okay calm down she's like stop stop i mean it's very real because she wasn't you know she's been having a hard time especially with lily let alone with two kids all of a sudden that are under her care and and there's even a there's even a part where lily slaps her across the face and for a second you're like oh shit what is she going to do? And she just handles it like a champ. And she's just holding her down like, stop, stop. And Lily kind of gives up for a second and wants to struggle, uh, but kind of gives up. And then she realizes that she's freezing because it's early morning. She's been outside all night. So she blows her warm breath on her hands. And that is what stops Lily from thrashing because this little girl has never felt not only someone's breath on her hands, but like warm breathing air from a, from a motherly figure, maybe her older sister. I don't know. And the, and she's just never, it also seems like she's never done that motion. She's never seen or learned like, Oh, I can blow air out of my mouth that way. She mm -hmm. finds it so fascinating. And that's also such an amazing scene because you see that Jessica Chastain's character, who's been so just like not in tune with these girls sees the look in her face and is like, oh my God, I just did something yes. that like resonated with this young girl. And, and they like connect in that moment. And it honestly doesn't go anywhere because Lily remains pretty attached to mama and she's, she's pretty much past the point of no return. Like you can't, you can't get Lily to where Victoria was. Victoria actually was, made a decision like, oh no, I like this life better. Like mm -hmm. I, I remember being raised by normal people like this and like living a normal life. But that is my favorite, favorite scene. I look at it like whenever mama was upset or she got jealous, she took it out on the kids. She, 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 she I only she, saw her do that once. Well, like she was very angry, right? And yeah. you got the sense that she was more of like the, the vindictive mother, right? Whereas like uh, Annabelle, whenever she got mad, she took the brunt like like a true mom and, and said, you know what, this yeah. is my, my responsibility. So I think Victoria, the older daughter, picked up on this and was like, oh my God, I, I like this mother better. Yeah. You know, where it's like, this is what an, uh, a mother should be, you know? Well, she did love them both because she, she did say, I love you to both of them at one yeah. point. And it was huge. Both times you heard that from either kid, 
but the mm-hmm. fact that she won at one point is like, I love you to Annabelle. And it's like, <gasps> and then she also says it to mama, but says it in a way like, I do love you. I mean, you were in my life for five years and you took care of me to the best of your <laughs> ability, yeah. even though it wasn't great. Yeah. You have to still be able to appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else you guys want to talk about. I think we've talked about a lot of the positives to some negatives. Um, yeah. Like I said, my biggest neg- negative is the actual you know the spirit itself and the way it looks and especially coming from like i talked about in the beginning coming from guillermo del toro the guy who builds his movies around practical effects and the sets and everything he does is so you know textile and then just to see this creature with just a cg effect i I, it was kind of disappointing to me but like i said i love the story i love the story like i said if this was just a person playing it i think i would really like this movie a lot more because I really liked the story. I didn't mind a lot of the plot holes and this and that. I thought it was a really good story all the way through. I thought it was really I, good. I don't know if we're there yet, but I just want to hear your guys' take on the end. <laughs> I struggle with that. And mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it until I hear what you guys think. So. Okay. Can I just, I want to run down some things that I, I really didn't like. Because I think it's important. Yeah. I feel like the things that they, they did wrong with this movie are things that I see a lot. Like the more we watch a lot of these movies, Gary movies, we're noticing a lot of common things. Like what I didn't like about this movie where there were so many like gimmicky ways to create problems that were unjustified. I, I, and I didn't, or just things that you go, really? I, okay, so like one thing was like the records keeper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Part, I thought it was a cool subplot. Eventually what you find out is that the, the psychologist who's analyzing the girls to determine how he can integrate them in, into society again, he goes in and he finds out that they're really not just bullshitting. You know, they don't have a, a mental dysfunction that where they created Mama as like a, an alter ego. Mama's actually a ghost because he goes and looks in the record and he f- determines that the stories that they've the girls have been telling about her coming from a hospital or this and that that they're real so he goes to this like i don't know this giant warehouse of records if that even exists where the shelves are lined 80 feet into the air and they go back hundreds of feet and uh the the records keeper who is like this lady who's helping him find certain files on who mama is or who she was in the 1800s. She's like really into ghosts and she says some really, but should be otherwise creepy lines about ghosts. It it didn't seem, she was worse than I thought the psychic from Jeepers Creepers. Like it was so (laughs) gratuitous and it was like, what is, there were so many things like Annabelle, when she goes and investigates the closet and she sees that dark, that hole in the wall where the monster coming out and then she doesn't make anything of it. There were so many things in this movie that just, that didn't add up. And I was so, it, it, it pissed me off because I thought all it takes is, is a couple of small things that you can do to explain all of that away. Right. The fact that whenever Lucas or the psychologist went back to the cabin to go investigate the origins of mama nighttime, why would you go to a cabin in the middle of the woods at nighttime every time? I know. The, the obvious explanation would be, okay, well, maybe the cabin is deep in the woods and it, it takes a while to hike there from the main highway, you know, but without that little bit of explanation, you're sitting there going, what are you guys doing at like midnight with no lights going into this random haunted cabin? You're an idiot. Like the psychologist going back to, in, so the psychologist essentially, um, 
Dr. Dreyfus, we find out he has ulterior motives, right? He wants to make a name off of this case. He, he's writing a bunch of books and he wants to be the one that like breaks this story. So he goes into the woods to investigate the origins of Mama in the cabin. And of course, he, he walks in and he's like, I know what you want. And Mama just murders him right off the bat. <laughs> I was watching this movie and I had my nose sound. I was like, what did you, bro, what did you think was going to happen? I know. He had just come back from the house when mama almost killed him and he drove away. So there are moments where I, I just, I just wish like, okay, here's a new rule. When you're creating a, a horror movie, if, there's no doubt that you have to put in certain cliches, certain tropes. Every movie is based on that. Yeah. We can't watch a movie and say, oh God, here's a plot. Here's that again. We know there's going to be a plot. There's going to be similar things we see every time. But like, I'm going to say, whenever you put in a new cliche that you feel that you have to put in, just explain why that that was inevitable, why a character was forced to do that. It doesn't have to be big. It can be a small thing, you know, like the, the records keeper, just, you know, the fact that she was overzealous and she knew way too much about ghosts. Okay. Weird, but just, you know, throw in a little bone and make it more, make it more believable, you know, just small ways to convince us. So, you know, and then I didn't really get while, while Lucas is in the hospital recovering from falling down the stairs, he has a, a vision where he sees his brother, like, underneath the tunnel. Like, he oh. Sees and he's, like, dabbing to the right. Yeah. Dabbing. Well. We don't know what, apparently he's like pointing to where the cabin was. And I'm thinking, why do you have to drive out to the middle of nowhere to, to, to find out where your brother's spirit animal was telling you where to go? You should know where the cabin is. You sent people out to go look for the girls. Why do you need, what was the purpose? Do you guys know what the purpose of any of that was? Well, Greg, let's also talk about the fact that the spirit of the dad comes back and says, save my children from mama. Save them from mama? Mama fucking saved them from you. You were going to murder them in cold blood. Yes. And yes. she raised them for five years. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yes, spirit dad. Exactly. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, right. that pissed me off. Do you, Rob, can you make sense of that scene? <laughs> I don't I don't know if I can make sense of that. Rob's scene. like I I got uh, nothing you guys. <laughs> I mean it's it's yeah it's 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 a weird it's a weird scene. I mean, I don't I don't know if uh It was to, it was to scare us. Because it, it's visually the same way as Mama was showing her visions. You're not like looking through someone's eyes, but even like the the color indentation where it's like more yeah. black and whitish mm -hmm. was very similar. I don't know if that was the way they're showing cuz Mama's is a memory that one to the guy, I think, was that was not a memory. That was more of a like an afterlife type of thing. Yeah, that was so, him saying coming to his brother and being like, yeah, something like I, I think that might, I don't know. I don't. Well, I mean, the purpose, I think, was to say, like, yeah, this is where the girls are going to be or this is where you need to go. But they're not I don't think that they don't end up being there. Right. Well, first of all, well, they no, it gets oh. them to the cliff. So, oh, okay, so maybe so. Yeah, because I know, I know, in that moment that the uh, the the brother, not the not the father, but the brother, mm -hmm. it seems like he was partially dying. So that's why he can kind of see to the other side. Maybe that's how his spirit of his of the father kind of was able to contact him and kind of be like, "Hey, go here. This is where you need to go." You know, I mean, this whole movie, like you talked about, Greg, is all about redemption. You know, redeeming, you know, mama from what she did to her, uh, her baby. Maybe the father is trying to redeem himself for what he was trying to do and killing all those people and kill, trying to kill his kids. You know, he tried to go through and talk to his brother and say like, hey, you know, I fucked up. Go save my girls. 
Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, that that's the only positive I could see that would make sense. I, that's they, all we they, hope it means. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. They, they should have had they should have just had a, a scene where like they're sitting together talking, you know, and then just have like a five second scene where he's like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. You know, this and that rather than just like a creepy image of him, just like Greg said, dabbing <laughs> towards the left. Oh, or- and then what about the fact that the hospital monitor with his vitals is now saying M-A-M-A, mama, 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 like. So that, yeah, because that was weird. Because at, <laughs> so at, at, at yeah, because at first I thought it was Mama coming for him, try to kill the uncle. No, that doesn't make I, any sense. Yeah, but then I realized, oh, it's the it's the father like coming through and saying, oh, Mama's gonna hurt the girls. Yeah, oh, yeah. unfortunately, that's just that that is like the normal tropes we're just gonna see. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's get let's get to the end. I think we've yeah. already established what's going on. They, you know, yeah. like you said, the 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 father channels the brother and says, "Go save the girls." And you know, Mama's take took the girls, and she's gonna go try to kill them. So they're at the cliff, right? They're at the cliff. Yep. That, you pretty much want to get to there, right, Laura? Yeah, I I, yeah. I just want to know what you guys feel about this because it, I have very mixed feelings about the end. Obviously, I like this movie, but I have mixed feelings about the end. So what I mean, definitely, I, you know, for if I was on the borderline of any type of rating for this movie, I would say the end of this movie put it up a notch for me. I knew you were going to yeah. say that. I knew it because you're such a sappy motherfucker. You <laughs> love the romance and like the, the nice drama and like you're not really in it for the horror. No, 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 no. I, I would say it goes up a notch because it it, it was not what I expected was going to happen. Yeah, I thought true. I thought it was going to, of course, be they say both the girls and it's a happy ending. Uh, you know, spoilers, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the fact that one daughter does not make it i was very surprised i just didn't expect it as much as it definitely sets it up the whole movie of like she's not going to ever choose that other real world she's never known i still was surprised at the end and be like holy shit they're doing this yeah. especially a child you know it's just something i wasn't thinking about you know uh, yeah, she loved mama i mean it's it made sense. I love the ending, honestly. Really? Because it, I, I think again they would have it would have taken the easy way out by letting the two girls live. But again, mm-hmm. what, maybe I'll get that, into it. that. I'm okay with. I'm okay. Okay, with. so what what aren't you okay with then, Laura? Because what are I you? think it's a combo. It's like it. Um, I don't know. For me, I feel like a lot of horror movies that I love in the beginning they'll have like a weak ending. And so I think I I really want to see these horror films where I feel like the ending is like, even if it's been scary up until that point, at the end you're like, oh, fuck, that got me. That shocked me. That got me. I was scared. I wasn't expecting it. Whereas this, it was almost like, now I can see the PG-13 rating. I've had this movie where Mama is so terrifying. And then at the end, it's all butterflies and CGI, like you were saying, Rob, Mm -hmm. and like, Oh, it's a love story. And that's fine. But if I knew that's the movie I was watching, I would be okay with this ending. Mm -hmm. It's very like poetic. Yeah. It's very poetic. So that's why I'm so torn because the ending in itself is great. It's fine. But I didn't feel satisfied. I wished it ended scary. You weren't scared by or like just saddened? No, by the end, I'm just chilling. I'm like, oh, this is nice. This is like what I watch on Lifetime sometimes, you know, like. What about, so the two girls, there's the, they have this line where Victoria, what would happen throughout the movie is whenever Lily, the younger one, the, the more feral of the two would see mama, she would say, mama, like when she would see her around the house, Victoria, come. 
So at the end of the movie, she goes, Victoria, come. And then Victoria goes, Victoria, stay. So they're splitting. Like they've only known each other and like relied on each other for the first many years of their life. That I thought that was so sad. It is. It's sad. It's beautiful. It's lovely. It's touching. None of those are what I want to see at the end of a good horror film. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, that's why I'm so torn. This ending is good. But the movie, I thought, unlike Rob, I thought the movie was pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. I had a note at the end. <laughs> so like the mom was, so mama was going to be satisfied with Annabelle had located through some research with, with the psychologist, the remains of mama's actual daughter from the 1800s. And she had located that, and it was in a box in some storage room. She brought that to the cliff, and she presented the bones of her baby to Mama. And she was going to be satisfied with that. She was kind of drifting Mm. off into the distance. And then before she got to the end of the cliff, Lily, the younger one, yells out, Mama. And then because that's yeah, she turns, which makes sense. Literally chucks the bones (laughs) of her own daughter like into. The darkness, and I thought, damn, that was savage. Like, that's well, because the spirit of that baby is long mm-hmm. gone, it's not with her, yeah, yeah it's not. Whereas a... Lily is like, You've raised me for five years, I want you, and yeah. she's and she realizes, I want you too. You've been my kid for five years, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you didn't, you didn't. I mean, I get the whole thing you're talking about, Laura, how it is, it is a, a touching ending for the, the murder of one child. <laughs> Honestly, I'm okay with her taking Lily and it being kind of sweet, but I think, Rob, you nailed it. There was so much CGI at the end. Yeah. uh Less is more. Uh Like you were saying, less is more. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been, if it was toned down, it would have been just as effective, if not more. Oh, so that was it. Okay. So it's not like you wanted like mama to like kill everybody. No. Mm. I just wanted a like a stronger ending, and to me, this was a very like it went a little too more too it's a little too artistic, you know. Oh, but see, I like artistic. <laughs> I don't you know. I just I think of the ends, the ending of certain movies that I really like, and I don't know what it is. It's just it's very shocking. Like, okay, a movie we we have reviewed, Let the Right One In. That was an incredible ending, right? That's what I want. Mm-hmm. That to me is like when we all sit around and say the ending was my favorite scene. To me, that is like, that's a win. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's the, one of the hardest things to do in any movie is stick a landing. Yeah, as, as, totally. You know, um, I, I really, I liked the ending. I really did like the ending. I mean, it, like you said, it, it's kind of a, it's a win-win. Everybody kind of goes away a little bit happy. Um, everybody yeah. got what they wanted. The, yeah, the only part that I didn't like was the butterfly part where, yeah, it lands on yeah her, her shoulder victoria and she's like lily and i'm just like what? so she's a butterfly now that's the only part where i, I was know. like I'd, if they would have just cut that last scene out that mm-hmm. scene right then i would have been like less is yeah, more that, just that one scene yeah. was like a little bit too much there yeah 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 but overall really i, I really enjoyed this movie you know I, I really enjoyed it. i thought it was a good overall story really well acted and like i said other than the fact that i i was expecting more from guillermo and not having cg effects i was pretty satisfied you know what the fact that you did like the story and the plot that's pretty huge considering they took a mm-hmm. three minute short mm-hmm. right and they like had to build a story yeah. Like Del Toro signed on to this saying, I love that. I want to put that into a movie. And then they had to build a story around it. And the fact that that worked mm-hmm. for people, that's mm-hmm. great. True, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to ask Laura, did anything grind your gears in this movie? 
one thing i have like one sentence okay let me let me do so i'm i'm glad i'm glad your your uh your intro is longer than your sentence so okay here comes your intro richard gear blink 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 you guys can't see it at home, but Laura is blinking like crazy when we do it. Now, I was so. blinking because I've had a, I've had uh, almost a bottle of wine. I'm oh, wow. pretty mm-hmm. slurry and tipsy right now. If you can't tell, <sighs> this is what happens when I don't practice by mm-hmm. drinking all day. You know, I'm just like <laughs> drunk. Um, this isn't anything visually, but this one thing really fucking pissed me off, and I thought it was worth bringing up. This grinds my gears. They just got to live in this fucking house rent free <laughs> just so that the doctor can keep observing them. How convenient. <laughs> it pisses me off. They don't even fucking like think about it, talk about it. They're just like, oh, cool. Is this like we just get to live in this house for free? They go from a tiny, dingy, like studio apartment. Of course, they can't have two kids and a ghost in for a movie in a little apartment. And the doctor's like, oh, we've got this beautiful home in New York City with, you know, or out in the suburbs. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's fucking, that is the most ridiculous part of this movie. It is a huge house. It's huge. it's huge. And also there's no neighbors. No one hears people screaming or there's music or there's a goat. I mean, you know what? This is fucking stupid. <laughs> all right well i really ground your gears laura all right it really did and had nothing to do with like my visual problems but it's (laughs) it's becoming its own thing things that really Mm -hmm. piss laura yeah things that piss laura that's crazy evolution okay uh what about uh what about graves is graves gonna make an appearance does graves have anything to add to this movie greg Uh, i do i do want to talk about one thing okay let's get let's get graves out here see what he has to say Can I talk about? All right, Gra- Graves is here, everybody. Graves is here. Laura, you had that comment early on about whether or not the kids could survive on cherries for five mm. years, right? Mm-hmm. I was so interested in that. There's this concept called feral children. I really was interested in that by the end of the movie. So I decided to kind of look it up and uh, and f- look at what the history of feral children you know when we think about it we think of like Mowgli right it's an uh, a human that has been raised or has survived amongst animals in in the wilderness is it real and it actually is there have been there's a history going back at least a couple hundred years of certain children being found in the wild being raised by like a number of animals whether it's wolves uh dogs monkeys ostriches there's like so many different random examples i don't i can't see ostriches really yeah there's i mean like it's it's a mix of it's a mix of data um for the most part though it comes from the last like 150 years so I, I was interested in like knowing, okay, well, does this, is this plausible? And how does this concept fit in into the puzzle that, that is this movie? And I looked it up and apparently the very first recorded feral child was um, a little boy named Victor. 
interestingly enough. I think that's, that may have been the inspiration for Victoria. Okay. Ooh. And in 1800, he was a boy in France that was abandoned by his parents in the forest at the age of five. And so he was about probably, wasn't Victoria or was she three or five in this movie? Uh, she was three when she got abandoned and eight. When she was found. So she, okay. So this, the, the timeline is similar. So this boy was abandoned around five and there were reports of his presence in the woods in this area of France and he was eventually caught by hunters and they decided and it, he became this like international story you know a boy who's been missing for six or seven years and how could have he how could he have survived and how is he going to integrate into society so essentially he was adopted by this medical student um, who was quite knowledgeable on like child development and was interested in taking it on and uh, the thing is you never under you never get the situation where you can do an experiment you know and find out how much nature versus nurture affects people you just have society to deal with so when this boy was found in the forest like uh, you know a bunch of scientists and researchers around the world thought what a perfect opportunity to find out what we can find out so he adopted him into his household and tried to basically um bring him up to a speed okay so he came up with two he had two criteria that he believed that explained what it means to be human one is the ability to show empathy and two is the ability to to use language so he thought okay this boy who's 12 years old is is it possible to to bring him up to you know to be an actual human and, and civilized or is he just gone for good so, you know, I just thought it was interesting, the story of, of what happened. Essentially, the, the man's house, the scientist's housekeeper was this lady that worked for him. And she eventually, she kind of became the substitute mother for him. She showed him a lot of care, a lot of attention, and she kind of understood the importance of physical touch right? Like when you can interact with the child through physical touch, it actually, you know, bonds you and it makes them feel like they're being taken care of. And um, so the scientist, his name was uh, John Gaspard. He was essentially concerned with getting the child to speak. He had been in the woods for seven years. He couldn't say anything. So the thing is, he was able to get him to say a bunch of words, but he could never get him to articulate sentences or understand what it even, what a sentence even is. He had all these tests where he would blindfold him and like ring a bell and and then like play the drum and the kid was able to like duplicate that but he really couldn't get past the stage of like thinking that it was a survival mechanism like you know if you heard a sound what would it mean he, he couldn't put like words together and like formulate sentences which is kind of sad so he, he ended up living another 40 years going bouncing back between different homes and he never really like integrated and, and became like a member uh, individual in, in society so I just thought okay well in this movie how likely is it that these two kids are able to you know be integrated into this home um i kind of got like mixed results in in thinking about it i thought that the, the speed at which they were able to do it seemed impossible like when they first find the two girls they're just straight up eating chairs they got like filth all over them they look like they look crazier than like monkeys you know but you realize like there's no way that they would be able to integrate so so quickly like by the you know in the end of this movie you have these two girls who were sort of raised together but they were at different ages victoria was three so she got at least a few years of interaction with her parents so she formed a bond but the younger one lily she was just less than a year old or so that's not enough time to know anything about it so i totally understand by the end of the movie when she's like okay well i want to go with mama this ghost that i don't nothing about but 
you know, raised me. I thought it made the ending that, that much more believable. It doesn't matter, like, you know, the first few years in your child's development is the most important because it can have profound effects. And it doesn't matter 20, 30 years down the road where they end up, you know, because kids and humans and adults were also different. The best thing you can do is just, you know, give them attention and like have, that's like the most impacting thing for the first years of their life. Doesn't matter where they, or they wind up. It's just giving them straight attention and interaction. So the first few years of Lily's life, it was just a ghost mama that's what she was attached to so by the time you got to the end of the movie i thought wow they actually i wouldn't be surprised if if guillermo or the directors did some real good good research on feral children yeah because it was very accurate like you know laura you're joking like this mansion how ridiculous right but if you look at the original feral child victor he was adopted by this social psychologist into his own home i don't know if it was a mansion and he used that as a setting to to yeah. to study and research him so i actually thought that kind of lent itself to this movie and you know whether or not that actually exists are there homes out there that are just vacant until there's like a special case where they can get filled probably not but um i thought it was it, it was interesting and it kind of like reminded me of, of the story that i was um that i was watching and it kind of made the the ending a little bit more believable to me yeah nice 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 good job graves good job oh. good job yeah, I know, I know there had been things in the past about like wolves, you know, raising children and stuff like that. I know that's like factual, but yeah, that's crazy. All right, good job, Graves. Good job. Uh, I'd say go go give your mama a call. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you say give your yeah, mama give your a mama call. call. Yo, mama. <laughs> I still want to know though if you can survive off of just cherries for five years. I don't know. Probably not. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, one of the drawings earlier was that was one of the kids getting sick. I think they were eating like a raccoon or a yeah, rat or a squirrel. That's true. So maybe they tried to do that, but I don't know. Obviously, it was a little bit embellished, but okay. All right, Graves yeah. signing off here. Yeah, good job, Graves. <laughs> um, so let's get to the actual like end here. So I want like I said before, I wasn't to bring in killer clowns because uh, you won't believe these ratings. It's insane. Oh no! So, so oh no! Just, just for memory's sake, Killer Clowns last week the audience the audience score was fifty nine percent and the critic score was seventy eight percent, which I think we all agreed was was high. This is fucked. You know, I already know was what it, was it was a cult classic, right? Mama, this movie, which I think we all agree is better than Killer Clowns, um, you know, cult classic or not. Uh, the audience score from Mama fifty five percent, critic score sixty four percent. This is so. Fucked. As wow. far as that goes, this is a worse movie than Killer Clowns, which I was just amazed because, like I said, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a really good movie. You know, plot holes aside and and this and that, but I was just like, how how is this like a lower rate? I don't disagree with the mid 60s rating. I just totally disagree <laughs> with the killer clowns. Rating. I know. I it's know. It's that 76% that is just it's it's ruining the it's ruining well, the career. Are, I, I'm I'm hesitant to argue with Rotten Tomatoes because it, it it's an accumulation of all different reviews. Mm-hmm. It, it's very much I wouldn't say accurate is not the right word, but it's it seems to be very representative. What do you guys think about that? Uh I don't know. So we've kind of learned like it's it's hard to say like sometimes it's pretty spot on and sometimes it's not well i think i I think if you're deaf i would say in the past maybe two to five years rotten tomatoes has really had a big hit with the fact that people can like troll it now 
people can put a lot of like zero ratings just to fuck with the scores. And I feel like that's something that, you know, if you're going back to Killer Clowns, an older movie that that's not in effect, you know, but but something nowadays people can do that and it fucks up the ratings. So, you know, is but I would say Mama is definitely not a movie they probably did that with. I think it's pretty accurate, but it's just something to always Greg's like Greg said, think about, you know, as much as it's it's an accurate um representation of a lot of the critics it could be you know skewed yeah um yeah so let's uh let's get to our overall ratings in let's get to the end here um so what do you let's do uh let's do one to five uh how many cherries how many cherries are you giving this movie one to five cherries you know i i rarely give something more than a four i'm pretty picky right mm-hmm. you guys know this so i'm gonna give this a solid three cherries i mean i enjoyed it I thought it was still a good movie. It definitely had issues. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it and you've listened this far, you should watch it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. What about, what about you, Greg? How many cherries are you giving this? Three also. Wow. Three cherries too. I, I really didn't like a lot of the, 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 the cliches. And then I thought, you know, they could have been so good to the audience and showed respect by just quickly explaining those away or giving us sufficient, you know, evidence to, to believe that, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G would have happened. And we would have appreciated it so much more, you know, just small things would go a long way. Uh, and that's probably if a lot of those were corrected and it would have made this such a good movie. Yeah. Um, I kind of agree with a little bit of the CGI stuff. Yeah, you know, me too. Then again, it's like the way I was able to get by that is I've never seen a ghost, but if I did, it would probably look like fucking CGI. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. um, I thought it was good. It was like, there were so many moments that scared me throughout like the movie. I just love the tension building. Just the girls looking at each other or looking around the corner and knowing that mama was there. But then Annabelle just, by the way, you have a person named Annabelle in your movie. Something's going to fuck I know. What the fuck? You can't do another name. <laughs> God damn it. But uh, that, like, that tension building and the fact that you're, you're being presented with what's happening with Annabelle, or rather um, Mama now, and then where she came from in the past, I thought that really shored up a lot of the negative stuff. But at the end, of course, all those little negative things just stick in your mind. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to stick with three, three cherries. Wow, wow. I think this might be our first like universal rating. I'm giving it a three, too. This is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I'm a three. Like, like I said, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's worth watching. It does have its issues, but it's a solid movie. It's a solid movie. It has a really good uh, you know, overall story to it. Really good. Like I said, well-directed. It does have jump scares, you know, um, in it. And it just didn't didn't get me like Laura wanted, you know, which is I know that's her goal and all of it. Yeah, you know what I've decided? I think that despite the time that Greg and I had to be on the same team, I think I'm going to secretly start texting Greg all the movies (laughs) on my list. Mm -hmm. And and I'm because I have like three I have like three theories and I I need to know which Mm. which is the one I should go for. Because now my goal is to just freak you the fuck this out. Freak me out. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good luck. Good luck with that, Anna. Nice. You know? Well, I'm gonna start coordinating with Greg on this because <laughs> I need. To- I'm glad you guys are working against me. Finally, it's not just me trying to screw you guys in some type of game. You guys are gonna come in. It's finally come payback. It's finally payback on me now. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. Payback. Good. You know. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, so speaking of next week. Uh, you know, this is when we're going to reveal what we're watching next week. Next week is Greg's movie pick. So what are you, what are you picking? Oh no. <laughs> making a bad face. 
Stop Greg, it. Greg's, yeah. Am I going to mm-hmm. hate you? You guys don't know that I'm going to pick this movie, but um, we are watching Frozen. <gasps> <laughs> Wait, like... <laughs> 2010's Frozen. This is uh, it's a movie with Emma Bell, yeah. Sean Moore, Ice Iceman from from X Men. Mm-hmm. Um, up on up on the mountains, they get stuck up on a ski lift, and then uh, mayhem ensues. Craig, Laura's like falling <laughs> over in her chair right now. Are you traumatized? Did that happen to you once or what? I am the most traumatized by this movie more than any movie I've ever seen in my entire fucking oh, life. Oh, wow. Yes! <laughs> it's just... Oh, fuck me. I saw it once, and I was so upset. Oh, my husband knows. I literally have refused to watch this movie again. And you're going to make me watch it again? Good job, Greg. Good job, Greg. I didn't know about that. And even if I did, I would, I would pick it again. Yep. Wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh fuck! It sounds like it's gonna be a good episode next week, everybody. So definitely stay tuned next week because Laura is gonna have a breakdown. I'm know. already having a breakdown. <laughs> She's already having a breakdown. She's definitely gonna be drinking before the pod. She's gonna uh, be ready for this. So. Dude, this movie's disgusting. Fuck mm-hmm. me. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. I, I want to hear you guys' mm-hmm. thoughts. You yeah. Do. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So so next week we'll be uh, watching Frozen. We'll be reviewing that. And it won't be the Elsa and Anna. Frozen. Can I please watch the Disney one? <laughs> All right. So so everybody out there, you guys can let us know what other movies can fuck Laura's mind up. If you want to hit us up on email, conjecturingpod at Gmail or Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod. You can let us know what other movies we can uh, we can try to either scare me with or fuck Laura up with, or I don't know what to do with Greg. I don't know what we could do with that one. But uh, yeah, just hit us up, let us know. Um, also, uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. You know, that's always good uh, information for us to kind of see which way we're going to go with the pod in the future. Um, so that's it for the week. Uh, I've been Rob. And Laura. Laura is so defeated right now. <laughs> yeah, until <laughs> yeah, until uh, and hopefully until ne- hopefully until next time, uh, Laura will be here. Uh, remember, Horace objective. I'm not showing up. <laughs> it's just you guys. <laughs> Horace objective. So conjecture your way. See ya. Bye. See you guys.
Oh, fuck. 